Welcome to the Responsible Podcast. Your host, Stanley J. Targos III, is the founder of the Responsible Brand and the Responsible Network. Enjoy today's episode. everybody and welcome back to the Responsible Podcast. This is Stanley J. Targos III, your host. And today we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. It's something that I feel like has been lacking for a long time and it's called financial stability is the foundation for life. The reason we say that is I know you need blood and a heartbeat and oxygen and I know you got to have God and, and faith and you got to have family and friends and human touch and interaction and relationships. But financially, your stability, financial stability is your foundation for life. Because if you don't have that, what do you have? You've got a lot of unknowns, a lot of chaos, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of pain and agony that is just not really what we want to focus on moving forward. So how do we maintain our financial stability throughout life? How do we keep that foundation intact? More importantly, we've been discussing over the last, since we started the responsible brand and what we're building in this responsible era is how do you build the foundation, keep it, maintain it, and use it to make the rest of your life better. That's really the key. We know at the responsible brand that our goal is financial education for the next phase of life, which means What you learn today isn't necessarily what you're going to need to know in in 20, 30, 40 years, but what you learn today should, should be building upon what you need in the next 30 to 40 years. It's not taking something today and throwing it out because you outgrew it. It's taking something today, building it, using it, adding to it as life goes on. If we think about what you needed when you were a kid, if you had 100 bucks in your pocket when you were 8, 10, 12 years old or 100 bucks in your in your room, in your safe or under your bed or wherever you kept it, you were rich. Fast forward to be 25, 35 or 45 years old. If you had 100 bucks, do you still feel rich? No, not nearly like you did when you were 8. But that's the foundation. The foundational elements that we learned when we were kids transfer us into our older age, into our adult years either successfully or unsuccessfully. The problem that we've been facing as a country is financial education or financial fluency or financial literacy, whatever you want to call it, has been lacking for 20, 30 years. We don't have the same intention or conscious competence that we used to have financially. We tend to fall into the trap that the stock market and a rate of return solves all our problems. And we've talked about that in the past. We know that's not true. So how do we take and build on and add to what we need over our lifetimes so that our foundation is solid and whatever comes our way, we can handle with grace? And that's really the point of what we're going to spend our time with today. Let's think about that zero to 18 or 22 year old person. And first time you got a job, first time you got paid and you realize what taxes were and all those great ahas that we experience along the way. I worked 20 hours and made five bucks an hour. How come I only got $78 in my paycheck? Well, we get to talk about federal taxes, state taxes, city taxes, depending on where you live, FICO, social security, all of that stuff, which lets you know that someone's getting 10 to 20 or 30% of what you make to keep things going 
to keep the ball moving, to protect our country, to pay for the social security that you're going to get down the line if it's still there. And you can have that discussion on if you like it or not. That's fair. I get that. But what are you taking and using those dollars for while you're making that first take-home $78 paycheck? Are you... Is your foundation and your core based on taking 10% and, and giving a $10 tithe to the church? Do your parents do that? Did their parents do that? Is it not even on your radar? Does it have to be on your radar? I don't know. I sort of like that, but really that's not the, the point of this conversation. The point is, how do you build a foundation? Well, a foundation starts with how money flows, what's important to you in organizing your priorities. If you haven't organized your priorities, how do you know where to spend your money? So one of the first foundational elements that we need to talk about from the day you start getting paid, and if you have kids, what we should be talking to our children about or our teenagers or young adults about is what are you doing with that money? Is every dollar you bringing in selfishly consumed with your immediate needs? And I say selfishly because when you're young, that might be okay, but if you never get out of that, you're functioning as a, as a mid-adolescent in your 30s wondering why you can't move out of your parents' house because you don't qualify for a mortgage, you don't have a savings account, you have never learned how to build a foundational thought process financially. So what's important to you? What are your priorities? For me, and I, and I love how my wife and I have been able to get on the same page most of the time, and I say that because it's not we're not there yet. We're not 100%. We're getting close. But we agree that 10% of what we make, we're going to tithe. We're going to give to the church. Do you have to do that? No. If it's important to you, pick a percentage and stick to it. We agree that another percentage is going to be set aside for saving. Money that we're not going to touch. It might be cash on hand. It might be buying some silver or gold or something. It might be any number of things. And I'm not talking about the world collapsing and you got to have $10 million in silver and buy out. No, not talking about that. I'm just talking about what are you doing as a discipline? Tithing is easy. I get paid, I tithe. I got an app on my phone. I get paid, I send money. It's easy. I have no worries about that. It doesn't bother me. It's not a conscience issue for me. It's a priority and it's a value that has to be in alignment with how I spend my money. Saving is another one. My wife and I have been accumulating money, of course, in a bank and savings account, but we're also accumulating cash and some silver just because it's another way that we can save, another discipline that we can spend our time with and our resources with to do something physical that lets us know that we're achieving a goal, that we're building our foundation. So our goal is when we were in our early 30s was a couple thousand dollars. Well, once we got to that couple thousand dollars mark, life hit and sort of stripped it all away and we had to rebuild it again. What we're trying to prevent is that constant rebuilding. So if I'm able to set money aside, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000, whatever the number is, at my age today and add to it over the years through a discipline, my foundation is getting stronger, my foundational amount is getting bigger, because the things that are happening the older I get are not cheaper. When I was 18, I didn't have to worry about fixing a roof or buying a transmission or buying a car or paying for college or braces or a copay on a medical bill. I had to worry about going to a concert or an event. 18 was way different than 48. 
for me. So my wife and I set money aside and save. We want to have access to cash. When my kids need something, if I'm going to pay for it, I want the ability to do it. If it's something that I want them to pay for, I want to give them a foundational piece of having some skin in the game too. So if they want to buy something that's more than 20 or 30 bucks, I want them to pay for half of it or most of it. I want them to save for it. I want them to work for it. I want them to get five or 10 or $15 and I want them to set a dollar, $2 aside to give to the church. I want them to put three, four, five dollars in an, in an envelope to save. I want them to put three, four, five dollars in a, in a, an envelope that they can spend today. I want them to put a couple bucks aside for a future big purpose, big purchase for a purpose for them. It is a purpose for them. So that education starts young. That education is mirrored and mimicked based on what me and my wife do. My kids do about 50% of what we do right and 100% of what we do wrong, just like people in the job force, just like people anywhere. 50% of what you do right, people will do. 100% of what you do wrong, they will mimic. And then it takes so much time and energy to fix a wrong thing. So let's focus on doing things right as much as possible. Thank goodness we have grace through God, of course, and with ourselves. When I make a mistake, I'm not defined by that mistake. When I built my savings account up to $3,000 in my early 30s and thought that that's enough that I ever needed to live on, and then we hit the housing bubble of 2007, 8, 9, and 10, and that was wiped out, and then the job market shifted, and the income shifted, and the ability to make money shifted, and then I thought, man, I should have really been saving while, while the sun shining, and I needed to be making hay. Now I have that, it's a constant, because I never know when the next trauma is going to come. We just came through a world pandemic or a world trauma a couple years ago, and it wiped out many people's nest eggs. And many people are starting over right now, building that foundation again. And they're thinking about how times were so good, and they were spending tens of thousands of dollars on on kitchens and college tuition and vacations and trips and things were good and then the pandemic hit and then they're thinking, man, I wish I, I wish I would have enjoyed life, but I wish I would have been continuing to make my foundation a priority. And there's not an amount that saves us from everything. There's just an amount that we can build that makes it better. There's a discipline that makes it better. So let's talk about what's a good financial foundation for life that gives us stability after we get out of college. Coming out of college, we've all just realized, or most people just realized, how broke they are based on their own ability to earn. And if you're like me, my mom and dad didn't give me a trust fund going to college. I didn't have access to an American Express Platinum Black Card, whatever that card is, that has unlimited spending ability with someone automatically paying off the balance each month. My mom and dad didn't even give me an allowance in college. They told me, I'm going to college. They're helping me pay for college. But I had some skin in the game with some student loans. I had some skin in the game with how I paid for my bar nights, the club nights, the football games, the tickets. I had to buy my own books. I had to buy my own food when I went out to eat. I had to get a job. I had to manage working 10, 15 hours a week and going to school 20, 30 hours a week and trying to have fun with friends 20, 30 hours a week and still trying to sleep five to seven hours a night. 
I didn't have the ability to save a lot because I didn't make a lot. But when I got out of college, I said I'd never want to relive that five-year period as broke as I was. I made a decision. I'm done. But then I didn't change any of my habits after college, which means I went from making a couple bucks a week to making several hundred dollars a week. I went from making six grand a year to making 20, 30, 40,000 a year. But I didn't have anything to show for it. I wasn't saving in my retirement account. I wasn't spending money on a house. I wasn't saving in, a, in a, an emergency fund. I wasn't paying down all my debt aggressively. I was just sort of winging it. Well, that had an impact too. Because shortly after I got out of school, I worked for a few years. I started a, a company. I quit my job. Had I been saving that money, it would have made the transition into that entrepreneur lifestyle way better. But it wasn't. And the hardest thing for people to manage is the instability of non-consistent cash flow. The easiest thing to manage is consistent cash flow. Unless you've never had inconsistent cash flow. <laughs> sort of funny. But out of college, I needed to manage building my foundation. I needed to manage my cash flow. I needed to pay down my student loans. I still needed to pay for my own auto insurance. I needed to pay for rent. I needed to buy my own food still, but I had more money coming in. But I never built an appropriate foundation. Had I built that foundation and maintained it, I'd be sitting on 10 times the amount of cash I'm sitting on today which would make me, my wife, my kids, and my family that much more safe, secure, and confident moving forward. But that doesn't mean that I, because I didn't do it right out of college that I shouldn't do it today. So what is in the right amount? I like the idea of percentages. Take a percentage and tithe, take a percentage and save, take a percentage and put in your retirement, take a percentage and spend, take a percentage for fixed expenses. When you get extra money, don't just blow it. When you get extra money, have a plan for how you're going to spend it. All your extra money goes to paying off debt. You never effectively build more money for your Roth IRAs, for your retirement accounts, for your savings, for your emergency fund. Work in percentages. At the end of the year, see how much more money you have available in savings and do something appropriate with it. Maybe it's the right time to increase what your foundational savings and emergency fund needs to be because you got a 3% raise, a 5% raise, you got a bonus, a tax refund. You got a roommate and your rent went down. You're saving 300 bucks a month because your car's paid off. So getting out of college, that foundation is really based on managing cash flow for the first time, being responsible, paying off any of those college debts that you have. And then how do you prepare for life? When you're out of college, you're making the least amount of money that you're ever going to make, hopefully. And you're able to do a Roth IRA. Are you taking advantage of that Roth IRA? Are you taking advantage of the, of the 401k up to the match? Are you building a pool of money that you have access to for the next major expenses that you're going to have, which we call lifestyle, lifestyle foundations, lifestyle planning? Now that you're out of college, you might be getting married. You might be buying a house. You might be getting rid of that beater and buying a real car that you want to own for the next five to 10 years. You might be buying a wedding ring. Paying for a honeymoon. Traveling as your friends get married and you have to do their destination weddings and their bachelor parties in Vegas and all those things that are happening. But just because your lifestyle costs are increased doesn't mean your foundation doesn't go away of saving 
How much are you saving? Are you maintaining your percentages? And that's the beauty of percentages. As your income increases, the amount that you naturally save increases. The amount you're able to give increases. The amount you're able to contribute to your retirement account increases. Also, the amount you're able to spend on lifestyle increases. It's a great way to be consistent and persistent and to have some discipline. I have a friend who said, I'm going to buy a, a second vehicle. I don't need the second vehicle, but I'm going to buy it. He said, as a discipline, I'm going to pay that second vehicle off aggressively, but I'm going to save an additional $200 a month as a self-imposed discipline. So that when I'm done paying off my vehicle, not only do I recapture that payment back in my economy, but I've got more money saved. So I'm going to buy a toy, but I'm going to save more. I love that. Does everyone have the ability to do that? No. Do a lot of people have the ability to do that? Yes. And the great thing is, if life happens, you've got more wiggle room that doesn't blow up your core foundational percentages that you're building in to build what you want to build to give you the stability that you have. Now, your responsible brand person that you're working with, the responsible brand coach or consultant or success person that's helping you manage this is going to say, that's too aggressive. That's not aggressive enough. They're going to be there to be honest with you and say, you can do more. I just had a conversation with someone making $60,000 a year. For the first time, they're making 60. And I'm saying, how much are you saving? And they're like, $80 a month. I'm thinking you're making 60 grand a year. That's five grand a month. After taxes, that's 4,000 a month, conservatively. You're saving 2%, 80 bucks? What are you doing with the rest? You don't have a car payment. Your student loan's manageable. It's going to be paid off in the next year. You don't have rent. You're spending 500 bucks a month for, for living expenses, supporting the person you're living with. What are you doing with the rest? Well, I never thought of it like that. Well, you can't eat four grand a month of Starbucks. I mean, I guess you could, but you wouldn't be very healthy. Put a percentage plan in place so that when you get a raise, you're not wondering what to do with the raise. You go from 60 grand to 65 grand, you're not worried about five grand, you're worried about a percentage of the five grand that you can spend on lifestyle. It gives you a discipline to move forward with. Makes you more attractive when you want to get married. Helps us be better stewards of the gifts that we're given. So you get out of college and you're into lifestyle. You want to enjoy life. You want to travel more. You need to build more Roth IRA money, more tax-favored money, more non-qualified money. Buy a house, fix the house, buy a rental property. What do you want to do with that extra money? But you don't even know what extra money you have if you don't have a foundation in place, which is why having that foundation is so key. You want to prepare for the next thing you're going to do. Are you going to get married? Are you going to have kids? Is now the time when you've got the most flexibility with how you spend your cash because you know once you buy the house, get married, and have kids, things change. Doesn't mean you need to go to Hawaii, go to Thailand, go to Bora Bora, travel, go backpack Europe and take six months off of work. No. Does it mean you should do a little more because the season's right? Maybe. Does it mean if you take an extra trip that you're being irresponsible? No, if it's planned, budgeted, and you're not blowing up your foundation, then by all means, you have permission to do it.
But once you get past that lifestyle phase, when you're buying the house, buying the car, getting married, buying the wedding room, taking the honeymoon, traveling with your spouse, doing some trips, set, seeing some sporting events, going to concerts, enjoying life, celebrating with friends who are also dual income, no kids. You know what's happening next is you're going to want to have kids. You're going to want to change how you're spending your money, your, your priorities shift. Your fulfillment is no longer meant in experiences. Your fulfillment might be met by bringing up young people into this world, which means your ability to save and set money aside is going to change. Having kids doesn't automatically increase your income. Having kids adds to your fixed expenses. So, as you're getting ready to have kids, we talk about the affordable college plan as the next logical phase. You have kids, most people have kids and they want to immediately start saving for college. Well, saving for college is a very admirable, noble thought process, but if you don't have a core foundation, building your savings, your emergency fund, your Roth IRA, putting in your 401k to the match, you're having kids on instability, which I would say, have the kids because you'll make it work. But if you have discipline built in and a structure built in and a strategy built in having kids isn't a big derailment it's just something that's next on the on the game plan of life that you get to handle and if you've been building your emergency fund and your foundation and your Roth for the last 10-15 years the right way or any way is better than no way but if you've been doing things with specific intent you're in a better position to manage how do you buy a car? How do you shift from a, a small vehicle to a minivan? How do you shift from the sports car to something that can handle kids? How do you put the addition on the home? How do you heat the addition where the kid's going to stay? How do you buy the gym? Like, how do you do all the stuff that's going to happen? Are you going to take time off of work? Are you going to have daycare? Are you going to have a stay-at-home person? How are you going to manage it? Those are things that a proper foundation, that a solid foundation help you manage with grace, success, comfort, and security. And getting through college years with your kids, you feel like, man, once I get past college, I'm finally going to have money again. I got two, three kids. I dropped six figures on college. I'm spending $1,000, $2,000 a month on their health care, on their cell phone, on their auto insurance, on their car payments, on their food, on their clothes, on their life, on their things. I finally get all that money back in my economy. What am I going to do with it? Well, if you don't have a percentage plan built in and you're not building your foundation, you might think, I finally get to take time to take care of me and my spouse. Me and my wife finally get to enjoy something for us. We've been enjoying the kids for so long, we finally get to take that 25-year anniversary trip to Hawaii for two weeks. But you're not going to do that every year. Do it once. And then get back on the plan. Look at your fixed expenses. As your kids are getting into college and you're saving, if all your money is being spent out of, out of balance, saving for college, that means you stop funding your retirement, you stop funding your emergency fund, you stop funding your savings. Every extra dollar goes to college. When you go to college, you still probably don't have enough to pay cash for it. You didn't do things an efficient way for your family. You did things an efficient way for the universities and for FAFSA. Now you wake up and your foundation is the same level, if you're lucky, that it was at 
18 years ago. And you look back and think, if I would have just stuck to the percentage plan, I could have taken an extra 5% and put it in a bucket specifically designed for college. Instead of taking away from my savings, my emergency, my Roth, my 401k and putting everything towards college. Because that's what the world wants you to do. That's You look good high five and keeping up with the Joneses saving for college. But that throws things out of balance. That actually eats away at your foundation. So college is one of those things that can either make or break you. I want you to be responsible. So does your responsible brand advisor, your consultant, your coach. They've got expertise in many areas. Let them show you how to take that college experience and maintain your financial stability and your foundation while you're saving for college. It's not an either or scenario. It's a both and if done the right way. And there's buckets out there that you can use to pay for college that dual purpose for other things. But a 529 is not the only solution. 529 might be the smallest solution you have for how you pay for college because it comes with penalties attached to it. And you don't want those penalties attached with your, co- with your kid's college when you're trying to save for your foundation, for your retirement, for your emergency fund. The older you get, the more money you need to have access to not the more money you need to give away unknowingly and unnecessarily to things like college tuition. Let's assume you get past college, now you're back on track. Like most people, it's just, it's a whirlwind. Your kids, from one to five, it goes by slow. You can't wait till they can walk and talk. Then they're in kindergarten. Before you know it, they're graduating high school. Then they're in college and you're thinking, where did that time go? I'm 10, 15 years away from retirement. I just spent six figures on college. I got a little bit of parent depth debt left over from their college experience, but they're off the, they're off my pocketbook. They're paying for their own cell phones. They got their own house. They paying for their own car, their own car insurance. I've got money back in my economy that I haven't had for 18 or 20 years. It's almost like you got a raise. Well, if we're building our foundation the right way, when we get a raise, we take a percentage of it and save it. We take a percentage of it and put it to retirement. We take a percentage of it, add it to lifestyle. We take a percentage of it and reduce debt. That way our foundation is building and growing with what we need to sustain moving forward. So now we're in our pre-retirement planning stage. And as we're getting closer to retirement, we're starting to see our friends who are a little older than us retiring, getting ready to retiring. We're starting to see the panic that they've got setting in, their aggressiveness for how they're now doing $22,000 with the $5,000 catch-up provision in their 401ks. They're doing IRAs on the side, one for her, one for him. They got all this money being thrown out into the future as far as possible where it's going to be taxed more and worth less. And they're thinking if they would have been building a foundation along the way, they wouldn't be managing this on a knee-jerk reaction. They would have a plan and a strategy, and they would be in their pre-retirement planning years with grace, with confidence, with security. That's all we want for everybody. But in your pre-retirement years, you've got things that you haven't been thinking about before. In fact, when your responsible brand person sat down and talked with you in your 40s and they said, how are you going to handle unfunded health care? You said, we're going to handle it after our kids get through college like everyone else. Well... Everyone else, after their kids get through college, says, I can't handle my unfunded future health care because I got to fund my retirement, my emergency fund, my savings. I'm 8, 10, 12 years away from retirement. I don't know how we're going to make it work. I got earning years left. I need to save, save, save for retirement. Then I'll handle unfunded health care. Well, there's a lot of things that pre-retirement planning comes comes into play with. You're finally settling down. You're finally getting your budget. 
You're finally thinking about how you're going to manage the next life events, like weddings for your kids, like trips with your spouse, what your retirement income is going to look like. How much risk can you afford to take? What do you need to have for a rate of return moving forward based on how much you're saving? What's that strategy? How are you going to take Social Security? How are you going to handle retired minimum distributions? Do you spend your IRAs second and take your Social Security first? Do you burn through the Roth IRAs at, at 60 to 65 so you can have your IRA balancing out so you have RMDs? So you can take Social Security at 66, 67. What about Medicare? I turn on Medicare, I got Part A, Part B, Part C. How do I manage all of that? And that's what you're thinking at 56 when you're 10 years away. But even then you're thinking, I don't need to determine how we're going to take Social Security. I got 10 years. I don't need to determine how we're going to spend this. I got 10 years. I don't need to worry about RMDs. I got 16 years. Unfunded health care, that's 30 years away. No, those are things that need to be handled now. Those are things that need to be handled as part of your foundation for the next phase of life. Remember, financial education for the next phase of life? It's not throw away what you did for the first 56 years. Now that you're 56 and 10 years away from retirement, you start a new foundation. That's an expensive, painful way to go. I want you to build on the foundation that you've been hopefully building since you got out of college. What should you be doing? What is the right amount that should be in your foundation moving forward? Your pre-retirement planning handles four or five of the quarter million dollar mistakes that most people face. And we're going to be talking about that in, an, in another episode. But once you get to that pre-retirement stage, you realize you don't just need ten dollars or $15,000 in a savings account. You need fifty dollars or sixty because that emergency fund is going to last from the day you retire till the day you die. And you're not earning income the same way you earn it today. You're spending down assets. And you don't want to spend down an asset that's called an IRA that you think is your emergency fund. Because if you pull out of that IRA for an emergency fund, it's inefficient. You're going to be taxed on it, might increase your means-tested Medicare payments. It's going to reduce your future income. If you're at a low turn in the market, a low point in the market, you're going to sell at a loss. They're separate accounts with separate jobs, separate instructions, and separate work horse ability. I don't want my emergency fund working like a race car. I want my emergency fund to be steady, stable, consistent, and there when I need it. So my IRA is not my emergency fund. That's pre-retirement planning. Finally, we get to responsible distribution. Every financial advisor on the planet is excellent or claims to be excellent at retirement accumulation. So much so that they don't understand retirement distribution. Something that we're not good at at the responsible brand, we're great at, is retirement income distribution. Which assets should you spend down first? Which ones should you put on hold? Which buckets should be reserved for inflation protection the older you get? Which ones have benefits attached to them that help offs offset future costs? Which ones have increasing components to protect against inflation on an income basis, on an annual basis, like Social Security? 
Which ones are designed to be left to your kids or grandkids efficiently? You see, very few of those conversations involve a risk bond stock balance portfolio management. Most of those involve strategy and what jobs those dollars are designed for and ensuring that you are comfortable with what job that dollar is doing, knowing how to utilize it when the time is right. Because what's been working for the last three, four generations is not working today. How many people wake up at 72 years old and feel broke? when they met their goal for how much money they thought they wanted to retire on from 30 years ago. I'm making 80 grand a year. If I retire on half my income without a mortgage payment, the kids are gone, I'm gonna be happy. Congratulations. From 42 to 72, you did that. You retired to half your income at 40,000 a year. You had 80, you need to retire on half your income because you don't have a mortgage payment. Congratulations, you paid your house off. Congratulations, your kids are gone. Not congratulations, you forgot to take into account what's the buying power of $40,000 at 72 compared to the buying power of $40,000 at 42. Well, the responsible brand takes that into account. And we want to make sure that you're retiring to your same lifestyle. Your income is irrelevant. It's the second part of the conversation. If you're working on retiring towards an income dollar amount and you're not taking into consideration what the buying power is, you're starting with the wrong premise. Fire the person that put that in place because they're not smart enough to think about what you need to maintain your happiness and joy in retirement. The responsible brand wants to take that into account. What are you doing today to take care of your future needs? When you retire and your income stops and you're in distribution, how do you manage that so that you have control over those things? How do you protect your surviving spouse when you have an unfunded health care need? How do you put a quarter million dollars of unfunded health care in your future that if you don't need it, you don't lose it, goes to your spouse, goes to your kids, goes to your grandkids, doesn't get wasted? Your foundation your financial stability is the foundation for life doesn't end in your re responsible distribution phase. It needs to continue because the 100000 that you have in your emergency fund when you're 72 is not what you need at 85. When you're dropping 30000 for a wheelchair lift on a van, when you're dropping 40000 for co-pays for in-house care, when you're dropping fifty grand for something, the older you get, the bigger the chunks that come out of your emergency fund are, which means you need to continue saving even in your twilight, golden years. But if you don't have the ability to increase your income, you're spending every dollar that comes in, you're dipping into your emergency fund, you wake up at 85 and you're broke. We need to end that cycle, and we can do that by building that financial stability and, and making the connection between financial stability and the foundation for life today. Chinese proverb says, when's the best time to plant a tree? 30 years ago. When's the next best time to plant a tree? Today. And that financial stability leading to your foundation for life begins today. You've made the best decisions with the information you had at the time that you made those decisions, but today you're getting better information so you can make better decisions moving forward. Reach out to that responsible brand person. Remember, our goal is to change the landscape of America one family at a time by empowering the leader to make decisions based on facts, not fear. We want to build on that foundation for each phase of life, knowing that each phase of life brings different challenges.
And all of the challenges are not solved with a bond stock mix. It's not solved by more risk in the market. It's not solved by saving more in your 401k. It's a combination of all those things working together with synergy and collaboration in your world based on what's important to you and your family. So I hope that this information is valuable for you. I hope you continue to check us out. I apologize if I get passionate and get a little loud every once in a while, but that's just my nature. I see this impacting families in a positive and a negative way, and it breaks my heart when it can be avoided based on applying a strategy, asking better questions, and getting better information. So if this blesses you, if this changes your perspective, if this helps you ask better questions, share it with other people. I hope this does. I hope you have a great day. Enjoy this moving forward, and God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. For new and relevant information just like this, follow us wherever you get your podcasts and interact with the responsible community on all social media platforms. We'll see you soon.